episode of the Ranch Away podcast is brought to you by Tota's Bakery. Tota's Bakery is located at 244 Utica Avenue. It's the longest running Guyanese family bakery and restaurant in Crown Heights. As a fellow Guyanese, I first heard about them from a family member. And when I went there, I got some good pine tarts, cheese rolls, fish cakes. Even their bread is amazing. And in the summertime, I know you can go there after a fet and get some good jerk chicken. Mm-hmm. Visit Tota's Bakery at 244 Utica Avenue or follow them on Instagram at Tota's Bakery 244. Hey, Soka lovers, it's Soka Say So. And this chick. And we're back with episode six of season five. And this season, we're ranting about new year, new moves. Today, I am speaking with Casey Phillips, CEO of Precision Productions in Trinidad, about his new moves and about the Friday Beats Lime. We hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, folks, welcome back to the Rant and Rave podcast. This is your girl, Dish Chick. I am speaking today with Casey Phillips of Precision Productions. Anybody who is familiar with the podcast, you need to know Precision Productions. Based in Trinidad and Tobago, they've been around since 2006. But this year, in 2021, they are making new moves. So I have Casey Phillips to tell us all about what is happening this year. Welcome to the podcast, Casey. Hey, hey, thanks for having me. How are you? <laughs> I am good. I know you are in Trinidad in quarantine. Yes, is this a whole I am pandemic in out quarantine jail right now, but um, <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you have access to the phone, to the internet. <laughs> barely, <laughs> barely, but I'm trying. I know. Oh, man. I know business doesn't stop, so... I appreciate you jumping on this call, taking time to tell people about what you are doing. For the people who are not familiar with Precision Productions, I don't know how they couldn't be if they know anything about Soka, but give them a little bit of background, how you got started as a producer, how Precision came into into play. Just let them know how you got started. So um, I'm Casey Phillips, uh, head producer, CEO of Precision Productions. Uh, essentially, I got started because my dad was in music. He, uh, that's Kenny Phillips. He produced for a lot of the Calypso legends back in the day. Um, even kind of had a part to play in, in inventing Raga Soka and that, that subgenre of Soka. And pretty much I was born into it because of him. Uh, born into the studio, started from super young, crawling and looking on and learning. And then started doing my own productions at age 10 or 11. Um, yeah, and that's, that's how that journey started. Uh, from there, I mean, it was always Casey Phillips, the producer, just trying a thing. And I think when we made the leap to do Precision Productions as an official company slash brand, that's when uh, I started taking it serious as a career. Before it was just kind of like, yeah, just doing this as a hobby. But when Precision was formed, it was like, all right, we're taking this as, as a company, as a brand, and let's take this serious. Uh, for those who don't know, Precision's familiar songs would be things like Marsha Montano, Butler Rum, Kerwin Dubois, Bacchanalis, um, The Fog, Eaten on the Stage, Alive and Well Voice, Cheers to Life Voice. Um, yeah, just to name a few. <laughs> Only a few, because I know <laughs> that that list is really long. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah. But you've mentioned the music. You you've definitely worked with some some major artists. How did you guys? You know, when you're starting something, people don't know who you are. You have to kind of beg and plead. Please come. <laughs> let me let me show you what I do. How did you guys make that leap? I mean, you worked with the King Ahsoka. How do you go from ten years old just playing things? And yeah, well, then going because to my my dad worked with him, so I was always around. Um, so I was around looking on, trying all things. Of course, there was a point where my dad would, would start to be like, hey, I'm tired, just finish this up for me. And I would kind of just sub in and, 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 and do whatever whatever final touches of whatever it might be. Um, from that, it transitioned into, um, hey, I have a session tonight at 6 o'clock, handle that. Though. <laughs> and then the client will come in and be like, well, hey, where dad? I'll be like, uh, he's sleeping. <laughs> um, and they'll be like okay you sure you know what you're doing I was like yeah don't worry man and by, by, by the end of that session that's your bottom dollar that they, they, they sold next time they don't even want to work with them and that's kind of where where that whole thing started so the, the Marshall thing was an easy transition because he worked with my dad and therefore eventually that was just an easy switch over um, and yeah that's, that's, that's kind of where it started I had to I had to essentially build up my name from I don't want to say from scratch, but I still have to prove that I could do what I could do. Um, so yeah, I had a few of those sessions where people was like, you sure you know what you're doing? <laughs> and I, I was young <laughs> and still in school. Um, but yeah, it, it, it worked out. <laughs> it worked out. And um, yeah, that's, that's the good old days. Wow. Nice. Well, good. You got to show them, yes, I know what I'm doing. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But seeing as how... You have worked with Kerwin, Marshall, all the big names in Soka. All right, just for our listeners, just just between me and you, who is the best artist that you were able to work with? The best artist, either creatively, professionally, this person was always on point, or they were fun to work with. Who was the best artist? Oh, boy, you're trying to get me in trouble. Yes, um, I am. <laughs> you see, it, it's, it's kind of hard to answer that because everybody bring their own style, their own... Um, their own quirks, their own um, what's the word? Their own um, particularness. <laughs> um, so it's kind of <laughs> hard to say who's the best. Um, I don't know because I've 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 worked with a range of artists, so we could say from KMC come all the way back up to dancehall, reggae, soca, gospel, it's just, you name it. So it's kind of it's kind of hard. Um, they all show a different side of, of, I guess, different artists will focus on different things. So some artists will be like lyric-driven. Nah, some will be vibes-driven. I don't really care what lyrics are singing. I just care about the vibes. They just need to, to make, they just need to pop. <laughs> but then some will be very <laughs> meticulous and be like, okay, we're going into the technicality of the sound and the sonics. So we need to make sure and mm. spend whole night on this to make sure that this sound a certain ways. And then some just don't, they, they focus on different things. So it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to answer that. I know you want to answer, okay. and I try to duck it. So. I, I know. I know. You, you, <laughs> hey, you got to protect your business, right? You can't say <laughs> you can't say a name and offend anybody. I completely understand that. But, I mean, when, when I'm talking to artists, sometimes, you know, they talk about, they'll say that other artists, like artists that they want to emulate, are very professional. They show up on time. They know what they want. They, they're moving through this like just a well-oiled machine. And some of them, it's just creative, right? They just start knocking on the table and lyrics come to them and all kinds of things. So 
what's like a, a good studio session like for you? When have you had the most fun putting projects together? You don't have to name the names. Hmm. <laughs> but like a good vibe, a good environment, or somebody who was just like really professional and you love working with them. You just tell me I don't have to call the name. You don't have to call the name, but what, what made them good to work with? Oh, well, you see, the, the process is so different now that, um, whew, how do I explain that? So, so like how you said, somebody will just come and knock on the table and then lyrics will start to flow. That don't happen so much anymore because now we've, we've gotten to a point where the songs are done before and we shop these songs to the artists. So by the time the artist is coming, the song is done. They literally just come in to execute the song. Um, there are a few, there's still a bunch of writers and artists that write their own songs. So that, that does happen. Um, for instance, like I'll have some vibes in sessions with artists like Pretty or some of the younger guys who just come in and we're just trying something. We just experimented. Like we just tried. Yabado is that. Yabado is like, yo, we just tried something. Um, and, and, and that, that came out of that. We didn't know what we were doing. And that just happened. Um, I think, I think, I think if if I'm not mistaken, whatever vocals we laid down on that same night of try is what stayed on the song. We just cleaned up a little bit of lyrics because you know everything wouldn't be perfect, but that the initial vibe is it. Um, mm. So so we have that on one side, but then on the next side we will have writers who would come in or even might send them it wherever they are in the world. They send me back the demo. And then we shop that to the artist and the artist will be like, okay, I want to do this. And then they come in and execute this song already done. So there's really no, well, not no, but there's not a lot of creativity in that in the writing part. But this is more so now focusing on getting the best execution and performance of this demo. So this is their mm -hmm. demo. How do we make this yours? What is your, how do we put your style into this? Do we need to raise the key? Do we need to drop the key? Do we need you to sing it harder, softer? Do you need to... Uh, do you need to attack the song or do you need to to, to lay back on it like like as we, we get to focus more on that because the song already done now it's all performance mm -hmm. and emotion so it, the process mm -hmm. changed a little bit over the years depending on the artist okay wow yeah. that's good to know <laughs> good to know. I still want to be in a studio session just to see it happen yeah, yeah. no no it's, it's definitely <laughs> interesting to see um I remember back in the days of recording Marshall, I would invite friends because when he doing his outlet tracks, he would be jumping around the studio in the booth, shirt off, sweating, <laughs> jumping. <laughs> and it's just it's just cool to see. Um nice. so yeah, that was wow. back in the days. I don't know that happens so much anymore, but yeah, but yeah. It's, it's certain sessions really, really cool to see. Um and sometimes it's like it's like a hangout. It's like it's, it's a line that we just happen mm -hmm. to happen to do music at the same time. Nice. That sounds so nice. <laughs> but now, I mean, you have all this, the pandemic is happening. People aren't traveling. Yeah. You know, artists aren't touring, things like that. They're still making music, but I'm sure with the COVID quarantine, this has completely affected the way music is being created, the timing, all of that. So how has COVID affected the Soka scene according to you, what you've seen and how it's affected, you know, precision and your business? Um, so at first, uh, at first everybody was on show. Um, we weren't sure Carnival was happening, then Carnival was canceled. So everybody was kind of in this, we don't know if to release music. And then slowly songs started coming out. Um, at that time, 
myself and the team, we were focusing on building a studio in LA. So I kind of actually didn't release any music this year, only like two songs, because I was really focusing on getting the studio done, which which was a task to do in COVID. Mm. Um, everything was delayed. This was supposed to be done since, well, you know, this was supposed to be done since June last year. <laughs> so everything was delayed and only finished like December. Like <laughs> um, but that's just that's just how it was. We couldn't couldn't really do anything. Um, now I think everybody kind of back into the swing. I think carnival is done, quote unquote carnival. The season is done, um, and now we should be hopefully in a few months starting to prep for next season, which we still don't know <laughs> what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But I mean. As as a genre, I think it's still important to release and get stuff out because streaming is still there. Even though we don't have the Fets and the Carnivals to really, really drive it, streaming is still there. People are still tuning in. People are still loving it. A lot of artists having their live, their live uh, pre-recorded shows on streaming shows, which is doing great, actually. So, I mean, I, I, I think if there's one thing the industry always learns, figures out a way how to pivot. And um, it, 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 it kind of... It settles on its own, <laughs> and we find we find that way. I mean, yes, we would love everybody to fly and tour and all of that. It, it is a big dent, trust me. But um, everybody's figuring out ways to make it work. Yeah, and we're loving the music coming out. I mean, being out here in New York, we still want the music, carnival or no carnival. We still exactly. Want it. Um, and, and a lot of artists were doubting that they wasn't sure. Like people are really gonna stream this if we if we do have a carnival. I mean. Don't get me wrong, eh? when Carnival is coming up, the streaming does double and triple. Don't get me wrong, that, that does happen because people need to listen to music mm-hmm. to hype themselves up, um, which is one of the downsides of it being a seasonal thing. But I think the streaming is still there, it's still consistent regardless. Um, and we just, uh, I think all of us in the industry just have to refocus the efforts to learn now how to market this music outside of Carnival and Fets and Season and push this just as a regular product. Um, and that's, and, that, yeah, and that's, that's yeah, and that's, that's, that's a hard lesson for some people to learn. Um, but it's necessary, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Because we definitely, we want to hear the music. We want to hear from our artists right. too, right? We don't want them to just disappear. Right. Just because there's no carnival. Exactly. We still want to hear something from them. So that is really good. But you, you pivoted. <laughs> Precision is now doing uh, online online classes. I'll let you describe exactly what this is. When I saw this, I was like, "Well, yeah." Well, so <laughs> what led you to create this? Uh, what is it? And just tell them a little bit about it. So, right. So to get to this, I have to go back to Audio Essentials. So, like, I want to say two or three years before the pandemic hit, we started Audio Essentials, which is a five day workshop, an in person workshop where we travel to different islands and host these workshops where I teach music production, um, sound engineering, mixing, mastering, and then I invite a songwriter um, from the region. Um, and then I'll bring colleagues like Kat from my team. She'll do social media and marketing. And we make this as a full package encompassing all the different topics, uh, even music, business, contracts, the legal side, stuff like that. Um, and we do this for five days. We did two in Trinidad, one in St. Martin, one in London, one in St. Lucia. Yeah, I think I get it correct. So, so we were doing that, um, and we had others planned, and then the pandemic hit. And um, I had to figure out a way to still 
do something of that nature, but not an online class for five days. Um, so I didn't, I didn't want to do that. So that's why I came up with the idea of the Friday Beats line. Because a lot of guys keep asking me, hey, what's the techniques you used to do this? Or how you make this beat? Or how you make that rhythm? Or how you do this project? I would like to see you do a mix on this. Or um, I would like to see you something something as simple as, and they asked me last week, I would like to see you create a tag. So like how we have the precision tag. It's like, I'd like to see you create a tag for somebody. Like, what's the process of that? Which I thought was a, was was really interesting. Like something so simple, but but still interesting. They just want to see how we do that. I was like, you know what? Let me create this line where I just stream. I come on and stream for an hour and a half and just show whatever it is. Whatever you all want to, to, to see, now was the time. <laughs> so last week, I think, we opened, I, I literally went on into the, the class and I was like, all right, guys, what are we doing today? And somebody say Osaka, I think, last week. And then that, that day, they was like, yeah, Osaka. I was like, cool, I'm going to find it. Pull up Osaka rhythm and break it down and show them, like, okay, how I built this. This was actually built on, on laptop on a flight. And I, I didn't have the internet, so I had to use this, 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 this. And we kind of went through all the break down the rhythm and showed it the steps. And it was cool. It was cool. Um, it, it kind of helps help some of the younger upcoming producers. And it's just kind of like this whole ins- inspiration tool, even for myself. Uh, I will get a lot of time. I sit down in the, in the, in the line, the Friday beats time, I'm actually building a beat in front of the class. So it kind of helps me as well keep keep staying active on building beats and building up catalog. Um, and that's, that's yeah, that's kind of the story of Friday beats time in a nutshell. Wow. You know, so many people will have knowledge, they'll have skills like this, and for some reason, they don't really want to share it. Yeah. You know, they're like, if I tell you how to do it, then nobody's going to come to me to do yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, so I, I, I was I was guilty of that at a point, and then I just had to let go at some point and be like, you know what, knowledge is knowledge is there to pass on. And everybody's not going to do it the same way you do it. So even if you show them every single thing, they will still do it differently. So why not just pass it on? And yeah, I have no problem. I mean, of course, there will be trade secrets that I would still keep for myself. Um, that's just the nature <laughs> of the game, but m- everything, mostly everything I show, I'll be like, hey, this is why I do this. Ask me whatever you want to ask. <laughs> I'm, I'm here live. Um, but it's cool. It's really cool. Um, the guys, the guys love it. They come on. I record it. I, I, I upload every session. So I think we on, whew, I lose track now, but I think we are probably like six weeks in. So I have all the recordings for the six classes up. So if anybody signed up now, they could go back and watch from the first one. And it's a lot of information because I did mix in. Vocal mixing, building beats, like it, it, it's yeah, it's a lot, it's a lot. So wow. and it's different. It's different to a regular um, course that you go in and they tell you what this is a kick drum, this is a channel, this is how you load up your soft and I straight deep in it one time. <laughs> Go swim. <laughs> so some guys prefer that they get to see it hands on. Nice. So I need to ask you now. I am no producer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no music engineer at all. But how do you start to build a soca rhythm? Because you are no you guys are known for some of the biggest ones, like you said, Osaka. Right. But how do you start to build a soca rhythm? Well, firstly, shameless plug if you download Soca Starter Pack, which is a plugin that we have, you can make soca beats very easily. But no, nah, that's just <laughs> that's just me now. Um <laughs> no uh, so let's separate it. Soca and then we have rhythm. How you make a soca beat? is very unique to the Caribbean. 
um, a lot of producers can't do it. There's a certain groove, there's a certain vibe, there's a certain beat, there's certain percussions. So that 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 in itself it's, is its own skill. Now with, with a rhythm, or rhythm as we should say, uh, rhythm comes with with a lot more. Um, it's not just picking any beat or picking any, any, any instrumental you have there. The beat has to have something special or some kind of signature that when it comes on, you know, okay, it's that rhythm. Like immediately when you hear bottle of rum or you hear Antilles, it's a signature that you're like, oh shit, I like this beat. Um, the beat has to be able to stand on its own as an instrumental uh, without even vocals, which which a lot of beats don't. I have, I have beats that they're just okay and they will never work as rhythms. So that's, that's, that's kind of the starting point. Now with that, you try to get content or songs on a rhythm that work together. You don't want to have four or five songs that say the same thing. Um, so you want one, one girl song, one love song, one whining song, one rum song, one whatever. You, you want to have different, different tastes on the rhythm. Because they end, what ends up happening is they start working, they start working for each other. So, for instance, I like that. Well, was the big tune, but later down in the season, mm-hmm. Cohen's song just start to come with right for somebody and start to get big out of nowhere. And then with that, now voice is making Cohen's song big, but also Cohen is making voice song big. And that started to kind of it's kind of this piggyback system with rhythms, and that that's just how this work. And then of DJs, they call it rhythm juggling. They start to craft arguments. So they start to craft these arguments over the rhythm. So somebody will be like, hey, Corona, Corona was in 2020, blah, blah, blah. They'll play Alive and Well. And then they will say something else like, um, this girl says she don't like me, blah, blah, blah. They'll play right for somebody. So they start not creating these arguments to, mm. to juggle the rhythm. It's, a, it's, it's an old Jamaican thing that, 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 that was born in Jamaican culture. But we do it in Soka now. And that's kind of... The rhythm is its own art and its own thing, its own beast. Um, with that, now that's the songs, the content, now the artists. Your rhythm cast has to be strong-ish enough. Um, if you put in a new artist or, or, or a green artist, as they say, on a rhythm, you have to be very sure or, very, or make sure that that song's strong. Otherwise, it will get lost. Because um, a lot of the, the a lot of the media personnel will look at the rhythm and be like, okay, who won this rhythm? Who's the big names? No big names? Uh, all right. <laughs> sometimes sometimes it works, mm-hmm. sometimes it doesn't. Um, for Antilles, we had Earth and House. That was his first song, In Your Eyes. And that was a major hit. Mm-hmm. And that worked for him. That started his career. So sometimes it works out really well. Pretty had um, Winning Champion on Sound Rhythm. That started his career. Um, Sometimes it doesn't work, <laughs> and it, it, it literally disappears. Mm. So it's kind of a risk, um, but it also could strengthen or weaken your entire rhythm cast as a collective. So you got to be very careful. A lot of guys will ask me all the time, yo, how to get a rhythm, how to get a to kind of give them the whole, the whole story, kind of really right, act like, yo, there's only so much new people that can put on this. If I put a rhythm full of new artists, it's not going to play. <laughs> Uh, so I have to kind mm. of balance it. If I put four big names, I can put one one new name. And that way, the four names will kind of help pull this new name up. And they might end up having the biggest song. Chase the Life was the biggest song. Chase the Life was the B song. 
it was um unforgettable Patrice and Cohen. That was mm-hmm. the one. I wasn't even I wasn't even studying voice song. I mean, yeah, I liked it, but voice was also smaller to Cohen and Patrice. But then when that come out, the whole thing flipped. <laughs> it was like, oh, this is what happened. <laughs> wow, we didn't even know that. We didn't even know. So it's so it, it's really nice. interesting. <laughs> Nice. Next thing you know, your song is played on a Soka Monarch stage. Exactly. This guy. Exactly. <laughs> that is so dope. I'm glad you shared that because sometimes I'll be like, who's on this rhythm? How did they put this together? How did they choose which artist? Did the artist just say, oh, I heard you made a song for somebody. I want right, to be on right. this too. Like, How do I choose? Get to get a little behind the scenes. <laughs> I didn't know if I'd have an answer to that though. Because there's a few factors is, is, is who you're going to get onto, one, who going to respond to the songs, because not every artist will like the songs. There's mm-hmm. songs that we sell artists and they're like, nah, I don't like that. And then a different artist will hate and be like, yeah, I like that. So it's kind of a shopping game at that point. This song's like mm-hmm. Marshall, this song's like Voice or Bungie or somebody like, okay, let's send it and see. They say yes or no, all right, keep it moving. So it's kind of, it's, it's, it's whoever come and whoever ready, to be honest. Um... Yes, we'll have some beats mm. that sound like specific artists. If you know it's an up-tempo, mid-tempo thing, you're like, all right, it's kind of something like Swappy, it's something like Yale, and it could take some of those more rugged artists who could do that. But if it's like a slower, groovy, all right, we need some more singing artists, let's probably go for like a Kess or somebody who have that more like groovy, sweet voice kind of style. So it's, it's, it depends on the beat. And then it also depends on the songs we get back from songwriters. So... So there is a process. Mm. We we do the beats and then we send it to the writers to write the song. So I might literally have ten or twelve demos, and then shave that down to only end up with five five of the, the, the strongest songs. So it's, so there's a lot that goes that go into the whole rhythm process. We 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 we, we throw away songs <laughs> along the line to end up with the five best or the four best or however however that go. Wow. I, yeah. Okay. <laughs> That does sound like such an intense process. It sounds like, you know, you're, you're like you said, it's risky. You're doing the luck of the draw. Maybe I could get this yeah, that I yeah. really want on it. If not, I have to go to my, my second, third, fourth choice. So, yeah, that's yeah, a lot. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> See, we don't know that. We just hear yeah, that. No, 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 it's, it's, it's actually become, <laughs> I think it's an art. It's a, it's, a, it's a science and it's an art because you have to have the vision to hear what this song's going to sound like to the end. Because having a demo with a, with a, a writer singing it is one thing, but you have to now picture this. How is this going to sound in the end? And a lot of people can't do it. So that's why some artists will turn down songs. And um, because they can't really, they don't have the vision or the foresight to, to really hear what this is going to sound like. When I put my style on this, this is going to sound like this. Some people can't do it. They have to hear it like complete. Mix master final, and then they'd be like, Oh, okay, now I understand. So, it, it, it is an art that I had to develop from a long time to just gain demos and be like, You know what? I know what it's going to turn out to be. Everybody won't hear it yet, but I know where it's going to turn out to be. <laughs> so, 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 it's feel like a madman sometimes. <laughs> it's kind of like mad scientist work, especially mm-hmm. with um, Sun Goes Down. When I did this song with about eight or nine artists, I literally had to tell them, Yo, I'm trying something. It's going to sound crazy. <laughs> but bear with me. <laughs> and literally they came and we had the, <laughs> I had the chorus, I wrote the chorus and I was like, just give me a verse, give me a four lines and just leave it. <laughs> anyway on the song, just give me four mm. lines. And I had to call, now come afterwards and fit everybody to make sense, which was which was a nightmare, but it, it turned out really great. 
See, that's why you have to have the passion. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because there's, there's <laughs> always all of that. Exactly. And see, that's the thing that you can't teach. I love that you're doing the classes, but you're right. Some things you just can't teach. And one of the things you can't teach is is that kind of that vibe, that inside spirit of understanding it, and the passion to just like stay away. Yeah. Late yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's the, that's the first thing I tell people is like, if you're not cut out for this, don't get into this. Because it's, it's, it's hard working as a lot of disappointment <laughs> you're going to face sometimes. Well, that's true for so many true, things. True, That's yeah. true for so many things. You have to have the passion to, to yeah, deal with that. Yeah, true. But what else? What else can people look forward to from Precision, from you in particular? First of all, I feel like I need to sign up for these classes. I don't know anything okay. about Beat Me Again, but I feel like... Yeah, no, we have fun. we have people in there who literally <laughs> said, yo, I'm, I'm just a music enthusiast and I just like music. I don't really want to learn how to produce, but I just want to come. And just see what we know. And I just want to see the process yeah. of you building a beat or, or maybe be in a session with a singer singing. Um, that's what, they just want to see that. And I'm like, cool, sure, no problem. <laughs> um, so, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think it's kind of open for everybody, to be honest. Yeah. Nice. Uh, nice. Next class, <laughs> I'm there. But um, so, so, so the stu- we just finished the studio in LA. Um, it's called the Crystal Room Studios. It's kind of designed more in the. Um, how to say this? Well, well, firstly, it's my dream studio. Well, to an extent, when I say dream in in terms of the gear, the equipment, what I always wanted for the last four or five years. So most of those things I was finally able to get. Mm. So it's my dream studio from that perspective. Nice. Also separated it and, and, and did the Crystal Room Studio just to appeal to the Los Angeles market a little more. Crystals, energy, vibrations, all, all that good stuff. Um, that's 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 kind of what I geared it towards. Designer did an amazing job. The acquisition did an amazing job. I don't know if you saw the pictures, but it, it came out gorgeous. So that's mm-hmm. kind of the new. <clears throat> that's my new home base. I after all the money and time and, and and expertise spent on that, I expect a increase in quality and output from the team. So that would be the first thing coming. Mm-hmm. I, I I think the music is going to be crazy. The quality is going to be even crazier. <laughs> um, so for next season, I intend on going hard and and shaking up some things <laughs> and seeing where it could go. Um, yeah, that's the first thing. Um, oh. Friday Beat Slime is going. I have... Uh, I don't know how much I could uh, disclose on this yet. I have a rhythm project that I that I'm going to going to launch sometime soon before the season with a different twist. I can't really disclose it because it's one of those things where there's an idea that I don't I don't want anybody to see. <laughs> but when you see it, you would understand. You'll be like, oh, that's what mm-hmm. he was talking about. Um, I, I'm trying to do yeah, trying to do something a little different with a rhythm soon. Um, especially to open it up to the to a lot of the artists who keep asking about yo, I want to get on the show, I want to get on the show. I'm like, you know what? Let me craft something that could could cater towards that. Uh, so I'm trying to figure that out soon. Um, and yeah, just just prepping prepping for the next season, but also trying to tap into the U.S. space as well. Now that the studio is done, now I could start tapping into some of these foreign markets, and um. Yeah, trying to get a foot in. Oh, and taking soca across across the lines, across the borders. So mm-hmm. yeah, with this yeah. with this studio being yeah. in in Los Angeles, it's an effort to get a foot yeah, into that. the 
U.S. market um, start to cross over some genres, also take Soka into a new space, cross over some borders, and expand. Um, we're working on some projects with the Grammy Association as well um, on this ongoing on this ongoing plight for Soka um, being more recognized. I mean, it's a very long, long, long game. It's not going to happen now, but it has to start somewhere. So you'll see more of that soon. Um, but yeah, that's that's it, that's it. That's what's coming. We have new music coming for the next season, which which um, being how I am, it's going to be very um, experimental and trying new things and expanding, and then yeah, breaking into the US market. Absolutely. Nice. I know when you've been in the industry for a while, sometimes it could be like, what again? <laughs> what to do? How to continue to innovate? I know you mentioned that you had a similar experience when it came time to do the Antilles rhythm. So tell the people about that. Essentially, <laughs> I don't want to say fed up, but I was uninspired. It's kind of was the same thing over and over. Um, just, just doing the same thing. And there was always this mission of trying to go outside and work and work in, work, work in the U.S. market. And at the time, we got an internship in Los Angeles. And uh, for a year, we did that for a year. And in that, seeing the, how do I say this? Seeing the industry over there and the machine that it was, it was very eye-opening. Um, this whole songwriting, songwriter model where they write songs before and then pitch to the artist, that was foreign to Soka. Um, some writers did it where they would write songs, but it was never done in this big major way. Um, but over there, that was, that's what it was. Writers write, singers sing, <laughs> producers produce. In Trinidad, everybody do everything. We do, we mix in mastering, production, vocal production, everything. So it was really interesting yeah. to see that. And that's what that, I, I took that model and adapted it into Soka and started sending out. I remember sending out a mass email to all the writers, I was like, hey, I want to try this thing. I want to write songs before, get all these demos, and then pitch them to the artists. So it was it, it was new. And I think the first project that was born out of that was Antilles. And that's why the songs sung so much, I don't want to say better, but the song, uh, what's the word? Hmm. It's almost like there was an upgrade in the songwriting. And I'm not saying this to be disrespectful to, to what was there before, but it was kind of like a, 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 a upgrade in his songwriting. They, they sound more, some of them were like R&B songs yeah. with a soca twist. Um, more complete songs, more um, more refined, for, for lack of a better term. Um, and that was, yeah, and this was the first project born out of that. And yeah, that, that from, there, from then on, it was, it was the rest was history. So... It was really interesting um, learning that it was it was it was eye opening, to say the least. I was like, oh wait, this is how this is done. <laughs> Artists will literally come in the studio and listen to demos and be like, okay, we win this one. We go in any studio. We go in any booth right now. Two lines at a time. Let's go. I was like, what? You know, learning the song. They're like, no, we have the lyrics. Where we go? <laughs> okay, <laughs> and that was crazy to me. <laughs> Wow. See, but that, that kind of influence, that kind of exposure and understanding, just looking at the music differently. I think even now that's still what Soka yeah. needs. We definitely yeah. need to, to look at things differently it, as the entire genre, but also even people like me with blogging and covering it in the press. 
I mean, it it really needs a revamp. The industry has gotten accustomed to one way of marketing and one way of pushing a song, and uh, we need to start looking outside of that. Mm. And actually doing PR tours and press runs and, and setting time. If we have a song coming out in the next three months, okay, what's the plan for this three months? How are we marketing the song? Mm-hmm. Well, I was able to, to now use this COVID time to take my time to craft the project, make sure that all the marketing and all the shoot music videos, do the whole, the whole work. So now when, when it's time to release, I have everything to drop and I have time to prep. I could do all my DSP um, pitching. I could get this up on online early. I could drop music video before and like like I have time because usually it's be a rush. You need to get us out now. <laughs> now now there's no rush. The video actually done and the music ain't even done. I ain't mixed nothing yet. But um it, it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see because now I could actually mm-hmm. release a project properly the way that I want to what? take my time, put it all, <laughs> give everybody the assets, give everybody video and and, and, and kind of just work backwards. Whereas before it was just rush. However, it come out, it come out. Nice. Well, you guys have so much going on. There is so much that people need to stay on top of, stay aware of. How can they stay in touch with you and with Precision? We share everything on, on the socials. I mean, if anybody wants more information, they can email us. The email is on the Instagram as well and on Facebook. And yeah, I mean, I always encourage people to, to reach out, send a message, send an email. The least we would do is answer and see if we can help or assist. Nice. We're going to put all of that into the show notes. Well, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Thank you so much for telling people about what you are working on. And of course, given the history of Precision Productions, yeah, given the history like of every, every artist you've been working with and how you guys have come along in these 14 plus years. Thank you so much, Casey Phillips, for being on the Rant and Rave podcast. Thank you for sharing this story. I appreciate it. Wow. Uh, first of all, what an amazing uh, talent he is. And from so young, um, I, I'm most impressed that somebody who has a legacy um, as he does, that he's willing to give out that information. He could just be like, nope, this is just for our family. Uh, we, we just want to run things and that's it. But he is really trying to you know, uplift the industry and uplift anybody who, who wants to, to learn. That's dope. Exactly. I love how much, you know, after 14 plus years, he is still trying to innovate, still trying to take it to new levels. He said he wants to have Soka cross those boundaries. I don't know if you guys caught the part where he talks about the Grammy work. Uh, I'm definitely going to keep an eye on on that because I want to know if Soka is going to be a category at the Grammys someday. I mean, he said it's a long, long road, but hey, I'm glad he's he's willing to at least try that road. And, and what I love is there's a lot of us out there who just complain um, mm-hmm. and don't come up with solutions. And he's really working towards solutions. He's really working toward betterment of the industry, not just of his own pockets. So I love a new, when a new move includes, you know, helping others and bringing up others and changing something that we've been talking about forever. So good to the world, so good to the Grammys. We've been talking about that forever. And he's actually trying to do something that will affect that change. Absolutely. I'm here for it. I'm ready for it. But you know what else I'm ready for? I want to be in that Friday Beats slime. I am no music producer, but I feel like that is just going to be a whole vibe. I'm going to get my drink and join the lime. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love, I, look, I love to learn. Um, 
but I'm gonna let you do that one because I'm gonna I'm gonna be in there and I'm gonna start singing and then they're gonna kick me out. So you know, I feel like <laughs> it's it's best I stay home. It's good you know yourself. <laughs> it's good that you you know yourself. <laughs> um, I, you know what I caught um, over the quarantine 2020? Um, COVID. He had no, <laughs> sorry, no, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I mean, you said you caught something during like, come on. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, shouts to anybody who caught it and survived um, health and strength. But no, not <laughs> me. Um, <laughs> I saw he had a, a versus with his dad and it was amazing. The generations of music that they have worked on is uh, like crazy. And then at one point. He played this dub and totally buried his dad. <laughs> his whole family was like, what? <laughs> like, yo, I, it was, it was a really sweet moment to see because they had just family members around them. And just to see how many artists they've worked with over the, over these years is just mind blowing. But it, it was sweet that they had a nice family moment and we were able to share in it. That is nice. Wow. When the student becomes the master. <laughs> <laughs> How are you going to challenge your dad? What, what kind of rudeness? <laughs> Respect all oh, your elders. Probably the fir- first time he could do that. So. Word. Word. And he, had, he had witnesses to keep him safe, so it was good. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, the generations of music. Imagine your dad's like, oh, meet my son, Marshall. He's going to be mixing your stuff. Like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I can't, I can't imagine it. I can't. But what I can imagine is raving to a dope KC song. Can I rave? You can rave. Oh my gosh, there's so much to choose from. What are we raving to? Well, since he brought up the Antilles rhythm, I think we should definitely rave to Kerwin Dubois' Bacchanalist. I'm ready for it.
how appropriate. I mean, we're in 2021. We know Mr. Bacchanalis is currently <laughs> always involved in some Bacchanal. But that is one of my favorite songs. Yes, I am a Bacchanalist as well. But I, uh, yeah. I wonder if you did that on purpose. Hmm. I mean, let, let's talk about that Bacchanal a little bit, please. Not. <laughs> so he's got this new song. Um, and it's uh, it's a sexy soca song, soca sex, and it is very explicit. There's no oh what is, there's no innuendo. <laughs> it is very very explicit raw language, and I think for quite some time now, Kerman has been trying to you know bring soca into you know I can use any type of language I want world, which in my mind is always more of a dance hall vibe than Soka. Um, and this time he just went all out. He went straight for it. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I know people are like, oh, we have to, you know, change the music and, and bring it forward. I don't know that that's necessarily a forward thing. I mean, I wouldn't want to hear, you know, Freddie Jackson <laughs> <laughs> suddenly singing a gunman tune. Like, I feel like, you know, you don't have to necessarily do that. I don't think that that has to be the evolution of Soka. We have plenty of other genres where that is done. I don't think Soka's um, going forward, Soka needs to now branch into these other genres. We, we're fine with Soka being a nice, uplifting, joyous music without all of that explicitness. Plus, I love, I mean, Sparrow's Notorious, right? I love the innuendo. Mm -hmm. I love the, the cleverness of that. I don't feel like we have to do that, to be honest. But you know what? Many men do them thing. Whatever. I don't have to buy it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we actually agree. <laughs> Whoa, first time mark this date in history. <laughs> mark it. <laughs> you took the words out of my mouth. That is, that's exactly how I'd explain it. No, no need to go any further. But, you know, Kerwin is a master of music. So he's got plenty, plenty of tunes for me to love and support. So it's fine. <laughs> exactly. Well, I'd love to know what you guys think. Are you ready for Soka to have explicit lyrics? Do you want more of it? I mean, obviously it's, it's happened already. So do you want more of it in just regular mainstream um, groovy and power, not just bashment tunes, not just Trinidad and, and, and those types of tunes, but just in, you know, just from your most popular artists. Are you ready for that explicit language? Are you yearning for it? Leave a comment. We want to know. <laughs> You'll read through those comments. I'm not going to. Um, <laughs> but make sure you are following us. Follow Soka Say So on all social media or go to SokaSaySo.com. Follow Dish Chick on all social media or go to DYSCHICK.com. Guys, make sure you also follow our guest today, Casey Phillips of Precision Productions. You can follow Precision Prod on social media and we will drop all of their links into our show notes. And I don't know, hopefully I'll see you guys at the Friday Beats Lime. Yes, and Avi, subscribe to BK Rants and Rave. Go to bkrantsandrave.com. Okay, bye. Bye.